you know, I said I said before, I I had a feeling this this day was going to go differently, you know. Several every once in a while, and it's happened way too often than I care to admit, where I have something prepared and God says, "Nope, not for this week." In fact, we the songs we picked, I I told Denise what the message uh, topic was going to be for today and everything, and we practiced the songs, and then as we were practicing them on Thursday, um, I noticed a theme in the songs. All, pretty much just about every song we're, we're talking about praising God in some way or another. And the more we went through them, I realized that the message that God wanted me to do this for this week was not the one that I had already prepared. And so today we're going to be looking at both, we're going to be both in the Old and the New Testament, and it is not up there on the screen, so you can have to open up Bibles this morning to follow along. I know, it's, it's, it's shocking. The first part is going to be in Exodus 33, and the guys will remember this because we just read this yesterday, so they got a little advanced uh, knowledge. But it's Exodus 33, starting at verse 12. And this is a conversation between Moses and God. And it starts like this. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me. Actually, before I say, has anybody found it yet? Oh, did you put it up there for me, Ryan? Thank you. You can thank Ryan for that one because I didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> So Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you've found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Now, last week we taught, we touched a little bit on this word overflow, what it looks like and what that word meant. And if you, uh, if you were here or maybe you weren't here, we looked at the definition of the word overflow. And it, uh, the definition of it is to 
uh, to cover with or as if with water, to flow over the brim of, to, co- to cause to overflow, or to flow over bounds, or to fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. Now, as I read this passage and I was looking at it, the, the thing that stuck really struck me is the, this desire that Moses had to always be in God's presence. To whatever they do, wherever they go, that they would be led by the presence of God. And that is our desire. That is what I believe God is calling us to, to desire Him so deeply that wherever we go, whatever we do, would be with His presence. And what we can learn from Moses' example is it's very simple. You know, if you've ever been in charge of anyone other than yourself, you know, there, there are times where you ask the questions, well, what, how am I supposed to lead these people? I'll be honest, this question that he asked, honestly, it resonated with me because like, how am I supposed to lead all these people? Some of them have more experience than me. Some of them have, uh, maybe have been a Christian longer than I have. How am I supposed to lead them? The only way I can do that is if I have God with me and if he will go before me and if, if I follow him and do what he tells me to do. Now, the first thing that we need to remember is that the thing that I, I want us to learn as well from Moses, is for one of the things that he told God is to teach me your ways. Not the ways that everybody else does it, but teach me God's way. Teach me how you see people, how you love people, how you show mercy to people, how you show compassion to people, how you show grace to people. Because all these things we've received from God, but if we don't learn from Him how to show all these things to people, when we talk about pursuing Him, then it's hard to reflect all those things to other people. It's hard to show people grace over and over again if you're not showing them the grace of God. Because if you're showing them your version of grace, it has its limits. Can we just be honest? Because how many times have you shown grace or forgiveness to somebody and then they turn around and done something to upset you or hurt you again? But if we show them the grace of God and it takes on a different form, it doesn't mean that we accept the way they've treated us. It means that because God so graciously loved us and sent his son to die for us, we have his example of grace where all we have to do is follow his grace, his examples, and we can show that same thing to other people. So we want him to teach us his way of doing things. See, one of the other thing that, for, that really started this message for me is when he asked, what is it that's going to distinguish us from everybody else on this earth? What's going to make this place different than everywhere else? Because you, you can listen to worship music in your car, you can listen to music on your phone, you can listen to worship music wherever you go. So it's not like we're without means to be able to worship. 
But he wanted God's presence to go with him. He wanted the presence of God to be in the midst of everything that they do because he said to, he said to God, I don't want to go basically unless you're going with us. And if you've read the Old Testament, that's exactly what they had to do. They, had to, they, they went when God told them to go. They stopped when he told them to stop. Sometimes they stopped for a day. Sometimes they stopped for months. Sometimes it might have been years. But as long as God's presence was there, they knew that's where they wanted to be. So as long as God's presence is in our midst, that's where I desire to be. See, I don't want the thing that draws people to this place to be because how well we do music, how well I speak. I don't, think, I don't want any of that to be what draws people. The presence of God is what I want to draw people to this place. Because when they come here and they experience God and they experience His, his transformation, His love, and, and you know, they'll experience His love through us, but we know the reason that we're able to show them these things is because God is with us. And so if there's ever anybody that comes this, this place because of our music, because of the way I speak, I'll tell you now, if you had heard me the first month I was here compared to now, you probably would be like, is this the same person? Because I, did not, I was not, it, not as eloquently or as well put together. Let's just put it that way. But the only reason that I'm able to grow is because God is leading me. And one of the things I've learned is that when it comes to preaching and teaching, worshiping, you have to let His Spirit lead. Because if, say I had decided to not listen to God and preach the message I originally wanted to preach, I would be being disobedient to what He desired for His people. Because He's given me a task to lead you guys, to bring the message that He has for you. And if I choose to not do that, then I'm going against His Word. I'm going against what He tells me. But how do we recognize that? It's by listening to the Spirit. By allowing Him to lead us. And that's what we want when it comes to an overflow. There's no better place to start than to be overflowing with the Spirit of God. To be overflowed in such a way that when we leave this place, that people notice that, man, there's something, something different about this person. When we go to work, people know that there's something different, something that stands out amongst everybody else. That we're not just like every other person. We're not just like every other building, every other church. But that God's presence will be overflowing in this place. Now Moses looks at God and says, now show me your glory. Now, before, until this point, God had not shown himself in that way to really anybody. And yet he decided he was going to do that for Moses because Moses asked and he told him, I'm going to do the very thing that you asked for. And so he, when Moses said, show me your glory, and God says, okay, but you cannot see my face. Because if you see my face, you're going to die. And so God allowed him 
to see his back. There's nowhere else in Scripture where God allowed somebody else to see his, his back as he walks through to be able to see the glory of God walking in front of him. See, Moses had his own problems. He had his own struggles, you know, when it comes to leading people. In fact, we know he didn't make it to the promised land. And some of it was due to his disobedience in some, in some ways. But at the same time, God continued to use him for his glory. God continued to use him to lead the people through the wilderness because he had found favor in God's eyes. And that put him in a different light compared to the rest. Now, I want to jump to Acts chapter 1. And I'm just going to read verse 12 through 14. Now, Jesus has just ascended. And the resurrection has already happened. And he spent time with the disciples. He walked, he walked around revealing himself to a lot of the different believers. And so now he's getting ready to go. And he reminds them that when he leaves, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to them. That he's going he's gonna to send the Spirit who will be their comforter, he'll be their guide, and through that they'll be able to continue to be connected to the Father. And as they stood there and waited, it says that two men came and told them, hey, why are you just standing here? Didn't he already instruct you on what you needed to do? And so they left and they gathered together and began to pray. So verse 12 through 14, it says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount, the Mount of Olives on a, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. And they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So after Jesus told them what was to come, they gathered together and began to pray, waiting for God's Spirit to descend upon them. It's important that we not forget how important prayer is to our walk with Jesus. If we want to live and walk in His presence, then we have to daily seek His presence. Because if you, you can start the day with God's presence and find yourself encountering a lot of different things that really forces you to recognize the battle between your flesh and your spirit. Because dealing with people will cause you to question which one is stronger, the spirit <laughs> or my flesh. And, you know, I will say, I've, I've said it before, I had a very frustrating week, week and I've had to take that over and over before God because not because of anything that he's done, but more so because of dealing with people. And 
I find myself, you know, sometimes when you're frustrated, what you find yourself doing is you can't stop thinking about whatever it is that's frustrating you. And so no matter what you do, different aspects of it just keeps popping in your mind. And that's where I found myself, where I just kept going, all right, God, I'm going to have to give this to you because this is driving me crazy and I need, to, I need you to take this. You know, it was interesting because the message that I wanted to do in some aspect probably was, would my frustration probably would have come out of that message. So it's a good thing that I'm not doing that message. Because I don't want to ever get in the way of what God wants to do, but at the same time, I don't want to ever let the words that comes out of my mouth to be something that will drive wedges between people or do anything of the sort that is not of God. And so if that means that, you know, that I don't do that message, then, that, then that's fine. But God still has something in mind for us. You know, every Thursday, we, 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 play, we use that day as a day of prayer, or at least for an hour, we, come, we gather here in this place when we, and we pray. And we pray for lots of different things. We pray for people's needs. We pray for, uh, for the church's needs. We pray for people who have come to our events that we know their names but have never seen their faces in this building. We lift up all those families because that's what I believe we're called to be at the church is not just to lift the needs of each other but to lift the needs of other people. We may not know what their needs are, but we know that God sees them and God hears whatever they, they are crying out about. And so we, we pray. And I believe that it's important for a church to not just pray individual, but to pray corporately. Because when we gather together and lift our voices as one, just like we do in worship where we pray together as one, because that's what the disciples were doing when they gathered along with all the other believers. They all gathered in the same space. And they were all praying to God. They were all praying. They were all in unity of the Spirit, not necessarily just their, their mind, because I'm sure they all had different ideas about what they wanted God to do and how, he was gonna bring the, how the Spirit was going to come upon them. But in that moment, they were praying together in the Spirit, seeking the Father. They had no other agendas than to gather together and constantly pray together. And so one of the things I want to encourage us to do more often as a church is when we pray together at the beginning of service, please feel free to, to pray out loud. Because it's not just about me, and I'm not the only one with a relationship with God in this space. I don't have the, uh, you know, the spe- a, special, a more special connection to Him than you do. And so when we gather together and we begin to pray, not only am I, am I lifting up the needs, but there might be things that you know that needs to be lifted up that I don't. So in that moment, there's no reason why you can't lift your voice to God in prayer. Or maybe there, you know somebody that needs prayer and you just want to stand in the gap for them and be, that, be there for them and be the one that cries out to God for them. Do that. There is absolutely no reason we should feel like we can't lift our voices and pray 
when we're in a church building. Because if you can't pray corporately in here, how are you going to live out your life of prayer outside of this building? I don't want us to be afraid of praying out loud. Now, I know not everybody feels comfortable with that, and that's okay, but you've got to start somewhere. And it starts with a willingness to just go for it. To be willing to seek God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. See, when we talked about what overflow looks like for our church, we talked about how what comes, the overflow that comes in this place, how it's going to affect others. Well, in order for that to happen, first we have to be filled with His presence. And the most important thing I think that we want people to get is to get God's presence. All the other stuff can come later, but if they don't, know what it's like to be in the presence of God and they've never experienced it, then that's our desire. That's what we should be begin to pray for, that every single person that comes in this building, whether it be for the first time or for the last time, would walk in feeling His presence and would leave this place knowing exactly where they were. We pray for revival, we pray for transformation, we pray for all these things, but the thing about revival is it starts with us. Our hearts have to align to the things of God. And if they're not aligned with the things of God, then we begin to ask Him to change our hearts, to transform us, to think like Him, to live the way He wants us to, and to act like Him. And to be more like Him. And that's really what we've been going after since the beginning of this year. To be more like Jesus. Maybe there's areas in our lives or in your life where you feel like you're not walking the way God wants you to. Don't leave this place without seeking His will and letting him teach you his way of living. See, we have to be more than just talk. It's time we start living the way God wants us to. It's time we start showing people what it means to follow Jesus. It's not just something we do on Sunday where we go to church and then, you know, we'll go through our week and maybe we interact with him. No, it's a lifestyle. He's a part of us. He is with us wherever we go. And this prayer or this, what Moses asked, I strongly agree with, Lord, that you, we, if your presence is not in this space, don't send us there. But maybe he sends you there to be a representation of him to show people what his presence is supposed to be like. Maybe we're just, this is only the start. This is only the beginning, the starting place where we begin to really connect with his presence to get to a point where we can lead people to Jesus, to get to a point where we can introduce them to what a life with Jesus looks like.
See, my relationship or my walk and my testimony might be different than yours, but you still have a testimony about what God's done for you. You still have a testimony of how he saved your life. And there's going to be people that you can share with that I will never meet. There's going to be people that you can show what life with Jesus is like that I may never encounter. Because we encounter different people every day. My question for you is, do the people that you encounter recognize that there's something in you that is different than everybody else? So what is it that sets us apart from everybody else? If his presence is not in us, then that's a problem. But that doesn't mean you, can ask, you cannot ask him to fill you with his presence. You can ask him to fill you with his presence, to fill you with his spirit. See, as the disciples were gathered together praying and the Spirit descended upon them, it was so powerful that everybody that were gathered outside of where they were understood one thing, that something powerful had happened. They didn't know what it was, but they knew something was different. And when they came out of that building and started preaching to the people and praising God in their own tongues, all of a sudden people had questions and wondered, what in the world is going on? How can these people be talking in our, own, in our personal tongue when they have no experience, have no knowledge or even backgrounds in, how, in learning this language? But yet, God used them to share the gospel. And in that moment, that's when that was the day that the church began. And to this day, the church continues to survive. There's always been things that tries to snuff out what God is trying to do. But yet, through all the persecutions, God continues to reveal himself, to continue to show his glory over and over again. See, I don't remember the exact spot, but it was after Peter had, I think it was Peter and John, they had healed a man that had been sitting in front of the temple for years. And they told him, silver and gold I do not have, but what we have we give you. And they told him to stand. And because of that, they were called in front of the religious leaders and they, were to, they questioned them and they wanted to do all these different things to keep them from spreading the name of Jesus. And one of them stood up and said, listen, if this is not of God, then it will die out. But if it is of God, then it will continue to grow, and nothing you do will stop it from happening. See, this world will try to dictate how we're supposed to live. They'll try to snuff out God, but they can't. Because God is bigger than that. Nothing they do will keep God's glory from being revealed. And I am thankful that we serve a God that will not allow obstacles, that will not allow persecution to stop his word from going where it needs to go, to change lives that needs to be changed. 
So let this place be an example of that. That no matter what is going on outside of this space, we will not stop preaching the gospel. We will not stop going after God. We will not stop seeking His presence, whether it be through prayer, through worship, through the hearing of His Word. We will not stop. So let us be baptized in His Spirit, be filled with His Spirit to the point that it is overflowing out of us and it affects everything around us. As we do this last song this morning, it's a song that we introduced earlier on called I'm Not in a Hurry. It reminds us that it's okay to rest in God's presence. It reminds us it's okay to be to allow ourselves to be drawn near to Him. It's okay to go after God with your everything, even when everybody might look at you like you're crazy. That's okay. Because He has sacrificed so much for us. If going after His presence is the least we can do, then let's go for it. Because his sacrifice on the cross is worth that and so much more. So as we sing together this morning, you know, if you're not familiar with the song, that's okay. Just You can sit and listen to the words. And if you do know the song, then it's okay. You can sing with us. and Let's make this our declaration this morning.